This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl Vandermeuver, and today in episode 32, we're going to be looking at MOOCs and how to use them for yourself and your teens. Now, I realize some of you may be wondering what on earth a MOOC is. So I'm going to go about first just explaining this and exactly what they are, and then I'll talk about how you could use them in your homeschooling. First of all, they are MOOC is literally M-O-O-C and it stands for Massive Open Online Courses. These have actually evolved from the original definition to what they are now. So let's just start back at the beginning with the first MOOC that really put MOOCs on the map. Now as I did a bit of research before I started recording this, there are various different claims of what the first MOOC really was. But the one that definitely uh, brought MOOCs to the eyes of the world was one developed by Sebastian Thrun and Peter Norvig um, from Stanford and they developed it in 2011 and taught an artificial intelligence course um, online. It drew 160,000 online registrants including my younger son Daniel. So I got to see at first hand what a MOOC was and how amazing it could be to be used in homeschooling. So uh, this course was completely free and initially all the, the MOOCs were free and students from all over the world uh, logged in each day and worked on this amazing course with some really uh, hard content that had been developed. There were actually two others, there were three that happened at the time I remember because my son kind of looked at two of the three but the one that drew the most attention was the AI one. And so that's the one that's sort of remembered now as as being the original MOOC. Though there were others as well uh, developed by different companies and um, different universities who'd done this in a smaller scale before. So what can you expect in a MOOC? Well, as I said, originally they were typically free. Now that's not so much the case, and I'll be talking a little bit more about that later on. Again, originally they had deadlines. This is also not always true, but you will often find it starting at a specific time, ending at a specific time. Um, you will learn most of the time through videos that have been pre-recorded and then streamed through the classrooms. Sometimes there are live hangouts. There will also obviously be articles to read and things like that. So um, it does incorporate other elements, but a lot of it is done through video instruction. Then you are tested by um, in two different ways, self-graded, automatically graded quizzes, and also you would have to do papers etc that would be peer graded um, and there was a really clever way of doing things that each person on the course who was getting it free had to peer grade a couple of other people's and uh, that way you did get a grade and it was where I really learned how to work with rubrics um, as I took some myself as I'll mention that also later. There will also be discussion rooms 
um, or forums, whatever you want to call it, a place where you can go and ask questions. And normally the TAs, the teaching assistants, hang around in the discussion rooms. The, the problem is, of course, you can't always get help. So I, I did end up with problems in the one class I took and nobody could really help me. So that's the negative, of course, of having something free is that you don't always have someone to help you. But um, you also can interact with people from around the world and you can discuss things. And sometimes the discussion is even part of the actual classroom that you expected to take part in a discussion. Initially, the certificates were free. And if you go on my LinkedIn profile, you will see a few certificates that I earned. Now, I'm not sure that anybody will give you a free certificate. It is one of those things that um, you can choose to pay for if you want it. I am not sure there's any real value in paying for a certificate, either for yourself or for your team, because these aren't going to actually gain you uh, credit somewhere. So unless you've got a really good reason for it, if you can do it without paying, I would just go that route. So when the free certificates went away, I've just done them for fun without it. Though I'm tempted every time because it's not terribly expensive. It's often just sort of $40 to get a certificate. And, you know, it does feel nice to have something official to say you passed. Well, so now what are the actual MOOCs? Now, there are many out there, but the the four that are typically sort of referred to are the ones I'm going to mention now. And the first one is edX. This started uh, jointly between Harvard University and MIT. And it's pretty much the only major MOOC that still offers graded assignments free. So you can actually get your assignments graded. Those are self-grading ones without paying. Now, bear in mind, whatever I'm saying now, depending on when you listen to this episode, could already be outdated. Because as this became more popular, obviously, each of the different course providers started looking at how they could monetize. And, uh, you know, they could have changed things up um, by the time you listen to this. Then, um, and, and edX also has um, classes for high schoolers. Uh, so for a homeschooler, if you're looking for a high school level class, they the last time um, I remember they had quite a few like AP classes and things like that. Then you have Coursera, which is possibly the best known right now. Um, many new courses now are being put together as part of a specialization, which is a series of short courses that lead to a micro credential, and you do have to pay for that. Um, and the way they do it is they have a subscription model and you pay per month. And so you can get as much done as you can during the month. So you don't pay per course. In fact, you could do more than one course at a time. Well, no, you pay for, sorry, you actually pay for a specific course. If I'm, I'm confused, we'll have to just check that one out. I'll put it in the show notes. So it is, but I know it's a subscription model and the faster you go, obviously the less you end up paying. And that gives you to all the premium parts of the course. There are still some though in Coursera that um, you can just do uh, as in audit mode and even their graded assignments, you can take those, but you just can't claim a certificate. Then there is FutureLearn, which is the UK-based MOOC provider, which is owned by the Open University. Exams are behind a paywall, so you can do little quizzes and tests, but the final exams, the big exams, you can't. And you also have to pay for your certificates. And then there is Udacity. Udacity actually grew out of that very first AI course. And um, it is a its own little business now, and it grants what they call nano degrees. These can take months, just months to finish, and 
um, as a part as, as opposed to going to college and taking a couple of years and they consist of a couple of shorter online courses that are human graded projects there is some mentorship and they even help students find jobs at the end but they are not free however there are a few courses that you can take um, again, you won't get a certificate, but you can take it that has some basic quizzes and interactive coding assignments. And I actually found um, a one when I was looking around it just now related to um, coding websites. The easiest way, though, to find one that might suit you or your teen is to go to a site called classcentral.com. It's really great. It has all these four major MOOCs under it. And you can just put in the topic that you'd be interested in and it will throw out all the different classes from all these four MOOCs. It tells you the start and end dates if, if, that, if that is the case or if it's self-paced, it tells you that too. A lot of edX is now self-paced. It also tells you how much it's going to cost um, and what you get for the price. So it's a really, and, and these reviews as well, so star ratings, it's a the easiest way to actually find something is just go to Class Central and start from there. Now we get to the part about why should you use MOOCs? Well, for yourself, I'm going to say it is a way for you to keep up skills. You probably worked in some other area before you had kids and stayed home and homeschooled. And maybe you even still working like that. It's a way for you to expand your interests. It's also a good way for you to be a role model for your kids. Let them see you taking a course, you expanding your knowledge. Let them see you getting things in on time, paying attention to your rubrics, talk about what you're learning. I just can't uh, recommend this high enough. Let them see you struggle and persevere and push through. I took um, my first MOOC when I actually wanted to see how Python was taught online. This was I was about to teach Python through Funder Fund Academy, our sponsor, and I wanted to kind of get an idea of best practices. And so I took two different Python classes, one which is through Rice University, and now my online class, I try to prepare the students to take that because it was so wonderful. Another one through Toronto, which I did not uh, really enjoy so much. It was a little dry and not nearly as engaging as the one through Rice University. So I took it and um, I found that having deadlines really helped. Yes, it put some stress on me, but the class lasted, I think at that point was nine weeks. Now they're divided into two shorter ones. Um, and it, it gave me the idea as to what it was like to be a student again and what worked and what didn't work. Since then, I've also done some on uh, how to teach online. Again, I wanted to be sure that I was doing as good a job as humanly possible. And I know our Spanish teacher at Funder Funder has done even more on um, actual uh, teaching in the virtual environment. So parents, go and try it for yourselves. There will be something that you're interested in for you to go and study and enjoy the whole learning process again. But then why is it good for teens? Well, first of all, it is a way for them to stretch themselves. It was really challenging for my son to do the AI course because apart from the few edX ones that are aimed at high schoolers, these are aimed at college level adults and they're taught by university professors. Most of them um, will be courses that are from a specific university, just obviously not exactly the same as if you were there, 
but it is really good before your child gets to college for them to actually be able to sit and understand what a lecture is going to be like particularly if you don't have community colleges near you or somewhere else where kids can dual enroll but even then I would say this is probably a far higher level than most dual enrollment classes the other thing is your child can get to explore their interests and take interesting electives I don't know where I would have found an online course in AI and I definitely was not equipped to teach my son that and again there are so many interesting things that you might look around and all you can perhaps find is a book and you're not sure if that will be good enough whereas this is video it's interactive and there are at least other class participants your child can speak to even if they struggle to get the attention of a teaching assistant now when it comes to giving credit uh, I know in my state uh, 130 hours is a full credit and 65 hours is a half credit so I would look and see how long my child had taken to do a MOOC and then award a half or full credit depending on that. What they might do might not even be enough for a half credit. You may need to find two MOOCs or you may need to add a, uh, a paper that they have to research and write or something like that after they actually do the MOOC. But you could definitely use this to give them credit. They're not going to be able to use this for uh, college credit though because although these are, are um, college classes they don't really work like that it's starting to change that is one of the things that I'm starting to see that there are a few that um, are starting to say that you can get credit for these but obviously it'll be up to universities to whether they accept that credit or not so I wouldn't do it for university credit but rather just um, for the mental stimulation and for the fact that it'll be excellent college prep, as I mentioned before, if they do do it and you do decide to pay for the certificate, if it's not too expensive, depending on what you choose, if your child is on LinkedIn, let them go and add it to the LinkedIn profile. Also, if they have a digital portfolio, the same thing. And they can even mention what they've learned in their college essays because showing that they have managed to work through an entire one of these um, MOOC classes and that they have learned and enjoyed it will say to colleges admissions counselors your child is ready for college uh, it was it was just a really good experience for both my son i wish that these had been around earlier my older children had had the opportunity to, to doing some of them too uh, he enjoyed being a young person in a place where so many older people were and being able to hold his own um, as I said, I enjoyed being one of the older people going back uh, and having a lot of younger people and still being able to hold my own. So both of you go enjoy and please come along to our Facebook group. Um, the link will be in the show notes. Remember the show notes at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com and this is episode 32. But um, you can come and join our Facebook group. It's the Homeschooling with Technology podcast community. And share any MOOCs that you've done or your teens have done and how it went with you. Did you enjoy it? I'd love to hear what some of you have been using. And do remember to go and visit our show sponsor, Funder Funder Academy, and take a look at some of their classes, particularly their summer classes. And the one I want to highlight now is Intensive Chemistry. If you have a child who just wants to get chemistry done, uh, this will be starting up in June in fact probably it could be open even in May and it will finish up in October this one does go a little bit beyond summer itself because chemistry is a full credit and it's going to take a little longer Our other uh, summer classes are just half credits so take a look at those too and if you're enjoying this 
I would really appreciate it and be very encouraging if you went along, took a few seconds on iTunes and just gave me some stars and maybe even spent a few more minutes and uh, gave us a little review. See you again next week, same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.